All right, so let's go around and just introduce um, Jason, Jason, Bruce, Eric, Daniel, Robert, Peter, Ray, Rod, Dale, Steve, Caleb, Ryan, Tom, Glenn. All right. So, um, Brian, you want to? You found out about us through uh, Felicia. Felicia, you yeah, guys know Felicia, pl- yeah. Playing the guitar, and, uh-huh. and then um, I walked by her and. Didn't, she was singing Hallelujah, and, <laughs> and I didn't stop probably, as I probably should have, um, and I didn't, but I walked somewhere around into where she was parked mm. at the end of her service about an hour later, uh-huh. and we're talking, and I, she's a really nice lady, and she encouraged me to, well, come on by here. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, tell her if you see her, I'll well, see her. Tell, yeah. One of us will see her yeah, again first. Her I will. She'll be blessed. Yeah, hopefully I'll see her Sunday. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I stopped by Sunday, too, because mm-hmm. I was at the Benning um, Old Networks. Yes, I, uh-huh. I, at 10 o'clock, I decided not to, you know, I was there and decided to go for a walk. And I went all the way down to Corona Del Mar, just ministering. And I was stopped by here on the way, uh hour early. And, oh, okay. I, and so I didn't stay, and I went. I took the bus to Coronado Park. God let me have some fruit of sharing His love and His word, and being <laughs> as I were by myself, as mm-hmm. I am. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, Robert. Tell us a little bit about. I mean, I think did this guy next to you bring you here? <laughs> he brought me here. Yeah, but um, he drove himself. Yeah, I drove <laughs> Well, I had attended Little Church by the Sea when I was in middle school. Okay. So I used to go up to Thurston. And when Sam was here? When or? Sam was here, yes, awesome. Sam Ellis. And so I had been a part of, of that for a while, and eventually I moved from Laguna Beach to Laguna Miguel, and so I just kind of stopped coming. Um, but I don't, I must say, I didn't come to Christ until maybe around 2019. Before then, I came because I wanted to be with my friends and have fun. But... My knowledge of Christianity was very worldly and common because a lot of people believe, well, I have to be a good person to get to heaven and I have to do this and that. And it's like kind of like a scorecard. And that's what I believed for a long time until someone that I knew had sent me a video uh, and it explained how to get to heaven. And I watched it and I'm like, oh, I already know. <laughs> you know, like, I'll watch it anyway. So I watched it, and I was very surprised to find out that it literally went against everything that I had thought. And it really questioned my belief, and I began to think about it. And, you know, days go by, and I'm thinking about it and thinking about it, and it soon turned into an obsession. And ever since that moment, I've been obsessed with Christianity and the Bible and learning about different denominations and history and and um, anyway, so I started working in the canyon after high school. Yeah. And um, my at my grandfather's race shop. And across the way was Daniel and his wood shop where he makes cabinets. Okay. One day I said, Hey, you know, I'm watching Little Church by the Sea with my mom on YouTube, the live stream. Uh huh. Yeah. And I saw you as the pianist. I'm like, I didn't know you were a Christian. And I, I, you know, I said, well, you know, good for you. And, and a couple days go by, and Daniel says, hey, if you need a job, you can work for me. So I did. I started to work for him. 
Um, as you know, his elbow is not feeling very good, so I'm his next right hand. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> cut it off, but it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't so. fit, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we were talking and we grew a liking to each other, and we really felt like like a brotherhood, you know, in, in our conversations, and we really related in that sense. And so he had, you know, suggested that I would come to the men's Bible study, and so that's what I did. And that's why I'm welcome. That is awesome. Yeah. But by the way, the gentleman I was just speaking of, who just passed away, is the one that brought me here. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can see a lot of similarities because I know that he was a mentor of yours. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of this sort of relationship here where he's teaching me a lot about woodworking. So how long ago was that you guys met? Maybe about a week ago. <laughs> well, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've known each other for over a year. But not really like today. I'm not as... Yeah, you started working for me a week ago. Right. Okay. And so that's when I really went. Away. Garbage, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was listening to what you had said um, about your friend and how he <coughs> reverberated spirit in the world, you know, and just the way he acted. And the first thing I could think of was James 2. Um, and James 2, from my understanding, is it talks about having that Holy Spirit within you, being able to profit your, bro- your brothers and the people around you. So, you know, knowing and loving Christ and having such love for Him, it, it sort of persuades you and, and, and inspires you to go out and really be a positive light in the world. And so I feel if you need any solace, you can read James 2, and it will really give you some insight into that. What occurs to me is life is such a special gift, but it also comes with a responsibility. And a lot of people don't realize what that is or what that looks like. All right, well... You gave me a good introduction there, Robert. <laughs> um, so we are in John 16, <clears throat> plugging our way. We're at week 50. Um, and even though we've been doing this for over a year, we're at week 50 because we've had some weeks off. So week 50 of John. Um, and so we're going to take a look at John 16. But what I want to do is specifically tonight... We're going to be in the last portion of where it talks about the, as Robert just said, talks about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we've talked about as we've gone through 14 to 16 is that that section of Scripture tells us probably, I want to, I want to say more about the Holy Spirit than any other place in Scripture, particularly as to what the role of the Spirit is today. And I think um, there's... There can be a lot of confusion as to what is the Spirit, what does the Spirit do, what role is the Spirit. Um, people have taken and used the name of the Spirit for a lot of different things. And so what I want to do tonight is as we look at this last section in chapter 16 of the Holy Spirit, I want to review what the Spirit in total, what John has said about the Holy Spirit in totality between 14 and 16. Just sort of, because when you hear him talking about the Spirit, and Jesus talking about the Spirit, you sort of start getting this pattern as to what is he, what's he talking about with the Spirit. 
So what I've done, instead of you using your notebook, which you, of course you can, this is the text, and I purposely did not put verse or verses or anything. This is everything that John says, that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit between John 14 and 16. So I want to just read this <clears throat> so you sort of get an idea of this, this entire section together. So as we read this, I want you to sort of just, again, listen. What are you hearing about, especially because you can see there's sort of some consistency, there's some differences, but what what are you hearing Jesus say about the Spirit here? Okay? So who wants to volunteer? Doc Robert, you want to um, read that? Sure. Okay, so just so you know, these are every. This is includes John 14, 15, and sixteen. Everything Jesus says about the Spirit, just all together in one section. Okay, go for it. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, to be with you forever, even in the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, and you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. But when the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now that I am going to him that sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that, is, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Great. Thank you. Okay, so when you guys hear all this, just tell me, what is there anything that's, what stands out to you? As to what, what is, who the Spirit is, why he's here, what is he doing, just anything as, you, as we read through that. Based on just what you're reading here, that you... 
He's the witness and the voice of Jesus Christ and God. Say it again. He's the witness and the voice of Jesus Christ and God. All right. Great. He's a witness. All right. And the voice. And voice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think the strength and power comes in the fact that it's based on the truth. Okay. Okay. Good. That's the anchor is the truth. The truth. All right. And the truth will set you free. Uh, (laughs) And... uh, what, yeah, the truth will set you free. Will the truth set you free? Only if you believe. <laughs> well, anybody know we say that that phrase a lot. We've done this in here. If you're the a disciple in yeah, Christ. Very good. <laughs> Always remember that when you think the truth will set you free, remember that's a conditional statement. Mm-hmm. It starts with an if. Yep. If you are my disciples and you abide in me, my word, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, you know, the times I've, I've heard this uh, in scriptures, it always, um, and again, disclaimer, like I don't know the Bible, you know, very well, but it's always set up to me that, you know, set out how much, like, the significance of, you know, it's to your advantage that I go away. For I do, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. Like, it's, it's kind of, it, it seems kind of strange to me that we. I don't know that we, you know, we all know it's a trinity, but that there isn't more, like he seems to be, just by what Jesus Christ is saying, it's just kind of just by that, it's kind of like, dude, that's that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big deal, you know, it's not just about, you know, everything about the crucifixion, everything that he did and it meant and everything else, like there, there seems to be like a pretty big part of, you know, of that, you know, I'm not, not necessarily, I don't know if that's, you know, they go hand in hand, right? If that's why he did it, so that the Holy Spirit can come, or why the Holy Spirit wasn't here before, or to what extent. Obviously, he says that we know him already, but it just, you know, um, it's, it's, and the times that I've heard sermons on the Holy Spirit, it seems kind of taboo almost to an extent, where it's just kind of like, I don't know if there's this this kind of fear that it's taken away from anything, you know, Jesus is or does or how we connect to him. But, you know, obviously, you know, if they're if they're a trinity and they're all in one, like it's it's him also, you know, and so um that's what stood out to me. Okay. I think the reason yeah. why I think the reason why he had Jesus had to leave first for the Holy Spirit to come mm-hmm. is he's prophesizing his own crucifixion and what does that crucifixion crucifixion symbolize the remission of sins mm-hmm. cleansing us from sins if you read revelation it says no unclean thing can enter the kingdom of god and all of us our righteousnesses are as of dirty rags and i believe that jesus had to die on the cross to give us the opportunity to accept his gift to allow that righteous spirit to indwell within us. Because if there's no crucifixion, there's no remission of sins. And if there's no remission of sins, there's, there's no, no Holy, Holy spirit, spirit. Because the Holy Spirit cannot yeah. dwell Very good. Yeah. In, in an yeah. unrighteous place. And that's why I don't want to get too ahead. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, it, always, it says, After hearing the good news, the gospel, your salvation... It is the earnest of the inheritance that the Holy Spirit seals your spirit. Yeah. Um, 
and to my understanding, our, our fleshly sins, without the Holy Spirit encasing ours, dirties and corrupts our spirit. But because when we heard the good news and accepted the gift, and the Spirit came within us and sealed our soul, any sort of fleshly sin cannot penetrate or corrupt what it's protecting, which is us. And so we inherit the righteousness of Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we had to have the crucifixion first to make that... It's sort of like with Adam and Eve. The, the choice with the, tr- the apple of, of knowledge and he gave us free will by saying listen welcome to paradise but there's one rule don't eat from the tree of knowledge that's how we got free will and I was telling Daniel I was saying you know we're given that choice every day it's not a physical apple anymore but it's the choice to accept the gift of Christ or to reject the gift of Christ and by accepting that gift, that gives the Holy Spirit permission to enter us and become part of us. And so I think that that's why Christ here is saying, my helper, the Holy Spirit, cannot come until I leave you. Okay, others, what do you guys see? I have a question. The first few words, and I will ask the Father. Uh-huh. So... I'm wondering, was him coming to earth on this mission, he could see that we're going to need a helper. And I don't know if it originated with Jesus asking the Father or it was all part of the big picture. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, maybe just the words, I will ask the Father, it's just a step that's preordained and that's the next step. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. You answer your own question. But, you know, he says, you know him for he dwells with you and uh-huh. will be, oh, and will be, be future tense. Yeah. So he's with them because Jesus is with them, but again, he has to die to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. Um, um, what Eric had said, if you look at the bottom of, um, well, not the bottom, but 1624, he says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. And if you look back at 15, um, Uh, where is that? 15, 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So he's repeating himself and he's effectively, I will ask the father. So do what I do. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, you ask the Father. And what are we supposed to ask the Father for in New Ferrari? The Holy Spirit. Right? Or we have to ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Then you can ask for the Ferrari. 
<laughs> well, then your joy will be full. You never know. Alright, what others, what, what else, what else do you guys see? It's not a whole thing right here in that one sentence. As I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Huh. Advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Can you say that again? I like that. That's the word advantage. Well, and that's, if you didn't go away, it would have been a crucifixion. Correct. Yeah. Like you were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. to your advantage. That's the advantage he's talking about. I've got to go away. When I first read that, I think that would reduce the conflicts between the people after him. Pontius Pilate, it's, it's really this. Yeah. It's interesting how he says die, he says go away. Like he's not really yeah, God dying. Die. He's not but dying. Have a body he's dying. Dying. Right. He could have said, my body has to die, but he just chose to... Even go yeah, past like that. Where I go, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole point of all this stuff. <laughs> no, I know. Right? Why yeah. are we receiving the Holy Spirit so we could be in the kingdom, the eternal but kingdom? Can right you now? imagine the disciples sitting there that oh, have no concept of this, and they're like, he hasn't resurrected yet, so they don't even see him out of his body, and they're thinking, what is he? What is he talking about? He's going, where's he going? You know, he's talking hyperbole here. You know, and I don't get it. Yeah. How many years after the crucifixion was this written? Quite a few, probably. We think this is probably the latest, uh, one of the latest. Revelation is probably the latest New Testament book. You know, we don't know for sure some of this. But they're thinking that John probably was written maybe around 85, 90, 80. So, the reason I ask that, it probably took them this long to kind of figure it out. And well, I mean, there's already you already had... Paul's letters were already circulating. You had the Gospels probably already written circulating. So if you remember when we, well, those of you when we started John, John's very unique. That's why we, you know, Gospel of John is very unique because you're getting it sort of firsthand from the beloved disciple who was actually there with Jesus. Um, and he actually, in essence, says Jesus, this is what, Jesus gave him the assignment to record this stuff. And the stuff that you don't read in other parts of um, the New Testament. But John, some repeating stuff is some new stuff. But he also wrote it for, for, with a particular objective. He wasn't, he wasn't just recounting what had happened, right? He was writing it with purpose, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and understand it. He didn't understand it when he said it. Well, John... Yeah. But John understood this understand. when he wrote it. Yeah, he said, yeah. He said, I'll tell you the truth, it's my advantage to leave. They didn't know what that advantage was at the time when he said that. Yeah, so that's what's interesting here, right? You got John, who was an eyewitness to these things that happened. Yeah. John is writing about, yeah, and that's what's interesting in John, is you see him sort of be the narrator. So he's telling you about things that, how do I say it? He's telling you about things that was going through the apostles and what the apostles were going before they knew what John already knew, and they all knew now. So he's writing it history to tell you about that. That's typical history book, where this this or any history book, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's written. All right, others. Eric Eric kind of mentioned Uh uh, the concept of truth, but... Just seeing it here, I think the spirit of truth is mentioned yeah. in three of these sections. 
the spirit of truth. Yeah, truth is speaking of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And I don't really, that's not a common way to refer to the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of truth. But I think that's beautiful. I think the whole concept of truth, truth in Christianity, um, just with me and my apologetics, that's like my, my focus, that's what I grab onto. And so I think I'm kind of seeing for the first time right now the idea of the spirit of truth. Or maybe I've just kind of breezed, huh. breezed past uh-huh. it before, uh-huh. but right now it's just kind of jumping out at me. Why do you think mm. that he's called the spirit of truth here? Why do you think Jesus calls him the spirit of truth? Just because of the truth, just within this con- within this context, um, there's the idea of bringing to remembrance the things that he said in order to carry mm-hmm. in order to carry this message forward and this message is the truth mm-hmm. um, Jesus also refers to himself as, as the, the truth, truth. <laughs> exactly. the truth yeah. and the life mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I guess it's linked to that whatever it is but, but God as the truth yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that idea, yeah. that concept. Pete, check out the, uh, Spirit of the Country, we've got any announcement, we've got any announcement, he'll glorify me for, he'll glorify me for, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. <clears throat> so... What's he referring to there? That's what the Spirit is going to impart, which is in fact the truth. Which Isn't I would that take, I would take truth? that as the, the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know there's there's reference to the word of truth also, like the word of truth. And Jesus declares. Right? I mean, right before this is written, mm-hmm. well, actually, and that I think right before the very first ones written, the Spirit of Truth. Is when Jesus says that He is, I am, the way, and the truth. Mm. So right after Jesus says that, He then calls the Spirit the truth. And you obviously see the equating of Jesus and the Spirit there. Yeah, and that second to the last sentence at the bottom paragraph, He says, "He will guide you into all All the truth." Yeah, which means He'll bring you to Jesus. Lead you into God in Jesus. An idea that I had hearing all this was uh, when I heard how he called the, the Spirit of Truth is Second um, Peter uh, chapter one. Peter does say that the basically he says the Gospels are written through by the Holy Spirit speaking through yes, them. Exactly. So it's sort of like the Spirit of Truth is going to impart the truth, which is going to be the Gospels. Which culminates the entire New Testament and obviously the Old Testament. Yeah. So very good. And so I mean, here we have Jesus saying, "How people say, well, how how, how are we going? How are we going to get? Like, how can we rely on the other New Testament writings? Ultimately, it says right here. Yeah. Because the same Spirit that that same Spirit is the one who inspired that, which we see. Jesus is saying this is a role, one of the roles of the Spirit is there's going to be continued truth coming through the apostles, and that's going to be what you have in the New Testament. Well, going going back to that sentence real quick, he says, not just into the truth, all 
the truth. He will not speak on his own accord. So all means Jesus and the Father and God, all in one. And that's what he will be hearing. He's, he, it's, it's interesting how he says that because it's actually, it's kind of giving it away right there. You know, he will speak on, he will lead you to all the truth. Jesus at the right hand of God. You know, and then therefore the Holy Spirit, from whatever they're saying, will then speak on their behalf. So before you are any others, anybody else, as far as who hasn't spoken, as far as stuff you're seeing in here, maybe you haven't seen before, questions? I just liked uh, his, where, like the Holy Spirit is basically the truth, and the uh-huh. truth is Jesus. Like, I, yes. it's really simple, but like, kind of shattering to me. Like, <laughs> And that is shattering. You, you, you got, yeah, that's, that's great. I never thought of it like that. It's, it's all of us. Like a equals B equals C. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, the word you uh, here is the disciples, right? Pardon me? The word you yes, is yes. the disciples. Yes, he's talking to, remember, so again, context, all this is written in the upper room, okay? Um, in the upper room, in this one setting where Jesus is now with all of his the apostles, probably some more other people there, and this is his final speech to them before he's going to go. And like a lot of you have said, he's saying he's going to go, and they're like, where are you going? <laughs> okay. They, they have no clue at this point that he's going to the cross. They don't, they don't really know what is going to be happening. They don't know they're all going to run away. Um, so... Except for the beloved disciple who wrote this, who does not run away. Um, okay, others. What are you guys, anybody else? I still have many things to say to you, uh-huh. but cannot bear it, or you cannot bear it now. Yeah. So he's still gonna, you know, impart lots of things after he's resurrected. Which is exactly what you see happen. You know, you look at the book of Acts, you look at the whole New Testament afterwards. There it is. All of that stuff that yeah. he's going to impart. Yeah. Because now they get amazing. it, too. What if yeah. he had laid revelations on him right there? You would say, yeah, you're not going to understand this right now. Yeah. We still don't. Um, the promises okay. to his followers, he's going to give them the helper and the spirit mm-hmm. and the, the truth. And so to come to understand the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, previous to Christ, in the Hebrew world, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit would have to—it would have to be a special thing. And so, uh, the message that you know we're we're like extensions of Christ, little Christ, that we're going to be bringing this gospel out is very different than the people of God before, um, where it was selected yeah. prophets. If the if the Spirit of God came to them, it was a very unique thing. Right. So now it's just a different thing. Right. So the spirit here, same spirit, is both the spirit that, like, at you know, at a certain time came upon David, or you know, you have just what you're saying. But the spirit is also the presence of God. So in essence, you could say the spirit, being the presence of God, is what was in the temple. Okay, so when you see God falls upon, you know, he's in the temple, he's in the tabernacle, that's the presence of God, same thing, that's all, that's just, in essence you could say that's the spirit in that mode. 
So, others. Anybody else as far as other things? One last thing. Uh-huh. That's the first time I've ever heard the word helper. Uh-huh. So, different translations will say helper. Paraclete is a Greek word. Um, some translate it comforter. Some translate it helper. Some translate it advocates, depending Another. on the definition. The word has got a sort of a multiple meanings to it. Um, has a meaning of advocate, like someone who comes alongside you and makes a case for you, like in court. So I mean, understand helper and yeah. what it connotates with the Holy Spirit. You know, what is he there for? Is he, well, we know he's there to help us, but this for the clarification. Yeah. yeah. And the others. Anybody else who has that? Yeah, I find it. Uh-huh. Um, frustrating or challenging that the Holy Spirit is so subtle. Because we're talking about we're talking about one third of God at least. And we're wrestling with who he is, how does he work, how do we interact with him. I mean, we have this textbook, but you still can't I can't grasp it. And, that's that's and because I, the Holy Spirit's a woman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I couldn't resist. Sorry. Heretics. I don't get how that's funny. Because none of us will ever understand how that's funny. I just think he's for you. Let this guy, now you have to apologize because he's for a while. It was a flick. Yeah, sorry, buddy. The subtlety, though, of what you're saying, that yeah, that is marvelous, <laughs> what you're, you're saying, how the Holy Spirit, this whole aspect of God is like showing up in just what you're describing, Tom. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> what you were talking about, Steve, a second ago, in terms of just, you know, that that, that sort of very casual revelation in terms of like, you know, the fact that suddenly, all of a sudden, all we have to do is just reach out our hand and we have this thing that was given to like, I don't know, a handful full of people prior to that, like in all of history, right? Directly. Yeah. And well, now, and now, and now but now we, all we have to do is actually just, there's, there's a trick though. You got to ask. Yeah. You got to reach out your hand. You have to ask, otherwise you don't. It's not going to come abide in you, but we're clean enough to receive it. Well, but that that statement though is like is that's something that we use. It's like it's so gigantic. It's just yeah. just just it's immeasurable. Yeah, that is so huge. Infinite. And the mantle that's there, and I can be so cavalier. All of us just walk through life and think, ah, oh, whatever. I'll shoot some heroin, you know, or whatever. And it's like, wow, what we get to do with this vessel now, it's unbelievable. So did you, Tom, get a finish what you were saying? Because I really like what you were saying about just that That's sort fun. of subtle nature of it. Yeah. Somebody else like, says a thought about it. I, I, yeah. You put into words things I have thought, yeah, that was Tom. That, uh, but when we feel it, we feel it. We know it when it's in us. We know it when it's coursing through us. Yeah, but yeah, but, 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 but at the same time, comprehending it. 
No, yeah. but when it's, it's always there. It's always there, but when it's, it's if you tap active. into it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's always active. Right. What's when you tap into it? It's always active. Yeah. It's always there. It's, it's within us. It's only when we actually tap in. Just, yeah. Yes, tap yeah. in would be a good word. Just yeah. be able to, like, really live. If we were all to really live like Christ, like yeah. Paul, yeah, we it, it, this it would nearly be heaven on earth. So it's not the fact that it's, but a it's, word, it's, it's our, us that's keeping us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it just so you know we, we have to derailed us. You know, <laughs> I was reading this book. I was reading this book about um, this guy named Andrew Murray. He was a uh, pastor back in the 1800s. He was from South Africa, and I opened it up today, and it's it's a book of his sermons, about 15, 18 sermons, called Absolute Surrender, and he talks about the Holy Spirit in a, in a couple of chapters in there, and I, I was reading it tonight, I was going to bring it with, you know, kind of like, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, I was like, I was reading, I was like, I'm not even close to what he's talking about here. I fall so short. Isn't that exciting? I mean, he's talking about, you know, living your life is, the spirit is in you and living your life is how Christ lives. Just like, just living your life knowing that that spirit is inside you. And what comes with that? And I was like, I don't put it down. I was like, I'm not even close to this. I fall so short. It's funny because I gotta wake up. Yeah. I gotta wake up. You, you mentioned living like Paul, right? At one point. Yeah. And it's funny because if you read Romans, what you're exactly describing right now is what Paul writes. He says, you know, I know what I have to do, but I struggle because I don't do it. It's it's a war between the flesh and the spirit battling each other. It's Galatians, right? So that is the struggle that every single one of us goes through and will continue to go through until our flesh dies. And it is it's what it says in Corinthians, you know, every temptation is defeatable. With the power of God, you can defeat it. But it is very rough, you know. Dude, are you in Bible college yet? Because you got to sign up. <laughs> Steve, this guy converts Muslims. Oh, my gosh. He's converted Muslims, bro. He's amazing. But trust me, well, God in him is amazing. Yeah, he's pictures sure of men. But the thing is, like I said, it's a struggle that absolutely everybody goes through and will continue to go through. And there's... And, and look, it's a war we got to win, you know. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, armor of God. It's against principalities. It's it's the, the dark forces of our reality coming in to try and, and lead us to sin, because they really like that. They feed off of that. And it keeps us from tapping into the Holy Spirit. That's right. Um, and then in terms of the Old Testament and talking about the prophets of old, some a question that entered my mind was, well, then how is the Holy Spirit able to indwell with them when they're sinners and and went before Christ came on the crucifix? And the way I think it went down is because they believed in the things to come. They believed in the Messiah to come. And that was no longer the case here 
because the Messiah was here. Back then, the Messiah hadn't come yet. So, by belief of the Messiah to come, the Holy Spirit would be able to dwell within them. But now, he's saying, I have to leave for that to happen. Why? Because he's the Messiah. He came. He's here. That's why the Pharisees are like, oh, you're not the Messiah. He was. And so that's why he had to get crucified to leave again to allow the Holy Spirit to come back. So, going back to something Glenn just said, I think he made an important distinction um, because we do. The way we talk about the Spirit, um, it gives us, it sort of gives us pause because it says, and I will ask the Father at the very beginning, and he will give you another helper to be with you how long? Forever. Forever. Okay? It goes back to what you said about Ephesians with the seal of the Spirit inside of you. So that Spirit is given to us forever. And what is that? Where is that Spirit? You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So it just goes to what you just said. You know, I mean, it just does. So, so why, so in here, again, the context is Jesus is speaking to His disciples, the apostles' disciples. He's about ready to go to the cross and 24, 48 hours or something. He's going to go to the cross. Why is he saying that the Holy Spirit is coming? What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Why Why is the Spirit coming? Why is he telling us the Spirit is coming? Just simple answer. I mean, somewhat simple answer. What's he saying to here? What is, what is they call it, the purpose of the Spirit? Helper. Well, no. Okay, helper. But I just, why, why then? Okay, so the spirit hasn't come yet. So at this point, the spirit has not come yet, right? In the sense that we're talking about. So So he's saying, I'm going to go away. So okay, very good. So what's what is the spirit? It's Jesus. Yeah, and God. Okay, so just something very key here. The Spirit, and notice how it says another helper, because who is the first helper? First John 2. The first, the helper is, the original helper is Christ. Right. So, when we think about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus couldn't do what he could the do if the Spirit is Christ. wasn't in him. Right. So, 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 we yeah. talk about the Spirit being like sort of all this, so, ooh, whatever. No. The Spirit is Christ, why does the Spirit come? Because think about it, the Spirit did not have to come yet because Jesus was physically present. So, back in those days, Jesus could be in this room right now. Okay? Over there. There you are. Okay? <laughs> I mean, Jesus could physically be in this room here. There's no need for Him to be anywhere else because He's with us. But He's saying, I'm now going to go away but I'm not really going to go away because I'm going to come back, he says. And now he comes back as the Spirit. In fact, in Romans 8, he is called the Spirit of Christ. So when we think of the Spirit, it's not just like this little abstract type thing. The Spirit is literally Christ in you. We all have that today. We have it here. And guess what? 
other people right now who believe in Christ throughout the entire world, it's a, Jesus is not just as if. Jesus is actually with them now. Yeah. But as Jesus, he couldn't be within us. As what? As Jesus, he couldn't be within us. He could put well, it in the Holy that's Spirit. Right. So he's in, that's, well, why he had to go away so right. the Holy he, Spirit could come. Yeah, in. and Jesus says, I'm even going to do something better. There's, this is going to be even better for you guys that I'm going away. Yeah. Well, ultimately, as, as Robert said, I mean, it's going to be better in two ways. One is you're going to have your sins forgiven, so now you can actually have the presence of God living in you. Before we had sin, we could not have the presence of God living in us. But you just said it. Now he becomes relationally closer than any other person you will ever know in your entire life. Closer than I am to my wife. Closer than any relationship you will ever have in your life is Christ lives in you. With you. Even my dog. Even your dog. <laughs> Close second. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, when we think about the when you think about the spirit, that's it is the living Christ in you today. I mean, so that's I don't know. That might be even some of the things he said in the sermon. I mean, that's the amazing thing that we just if we grasp really that we are in a relationship with the living God who lives in us today. That is Jesus Himself. That is the Christ. So the interface is the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Our interface with Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And I want to go another step further. I'm going to say it's not just the interface. The Spirit is actually Jesus. You know, you've said that about ten times. And you're really emphasizing it. Yeah, I am. And if that's true, Uh then we can check a whole lot of this. This trying to explain to us how ethereal and the Holy Spirit is hard for me to grasp. Uh-huh. But if you say, oh, he's just Jesus, I go, okay. Well, I don't need to worry about all these other scriptures that try to tell me about the Holy Spirit. It's just no, Jesus. It's not just, just, I think right. you're wrong. I think that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are separate. Well, well but, so is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit separate? They're separate. No. And are they one? Yes. It's sort of like so. The answer is to your question and mine, both of what we're saying. The answer is we both are. So why don't you get all heated up and say God is the Holy Spirit? The last line. Well, the first God is the Holy Spirit. God is the the God. God is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because what I'm saying here, what Jesus is telling us, is that His He is now going to be with us through that Spirit. Okay, so. His presence, he's saying, I'm going away, but I'm really not going away because I might... He's, send, I he's a, saying, I'm sending you another helper. That right. sounds pretty distinct. It, they're it not, does. They're not, they're not blended. They're distinct. Well, and so you're bringing up... I'm the, sending Jason to the store. Right. I'm not going to the store. So what you're bringing up, which is right on, which is, this is the mystery of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, but one. There's whole groups and of people that don't accept this concept. Well, so the reality, so the reality is, it's not just Jesus, the Father. You also have a relationship with the Father. You've the last line of the first it's paragraph. It's all, it's all. What? Yeah. The last line of the first paragraph. Yes, very good. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Bruce, yes. I and am I, my Father, and you and me, and I in you. you. There you go. Excellent, Bruce. So, so there it is. It's, you're, so really, 
the answer is yes to what we're both sort of arguing about. Both are the reality. Is that the spirit is separate, but it is also God. It's, well, it's the way it's I like mystery. to look at it is because I I've had to reconcile with this with a lot of uh, Muslim friends. Yeah, I was going to say that's that was a big and, contrast. And so a lot of what they'll tell me is they'll say, okay, riddle me this. Does one plus one plus one equal one? And I say, no, it equals three. They go, so how could you say that these three things are one? Well, uh, it's actually quite simple. A good way I can explain it is this. Um, a car. Wheels, body, engine. These three things make up one car. There's four wheels, right? There's one engine and there's one body. And these, all these culminations of things make up one car. It's the same thing with the Quran, right? Surah 1 is not Surah 2, and Surah 2 is not Surah 3, and Surah 3 is not Surah 1, but all these three things together make up one Quran. And it's the same thing with God. God is three things made up into one. It's uh, when, when they say that we are made in God's image. Three persons, three persons, one essence. Yeah. And we're very social animals. How could God be social if he was just one thing? There has to be three things to communicate together, to be social with each other, to make of one thing. That's Which they're in relationship with each that's other. That's right. Of relationship so love, yeah. these three components are all of the same God. Right. It's just three components of the one being. Yeah. When, I, when I say that to them, they go, oh... Okay, I get it now. <laughs> so the reason why I'm emphasizing like I am, Tom, on purpose is because we forget that we are in this relationship with Christ through the Spirit. Okay, so, and you heard me say that, through the Spirit. So, but the living Christ is more real, I guess I want to put it this way, Christ is more real to us today than almost that he was back then. He was physically present, but now that very spirit lives in me. It's just not a person out there, but I have the living Christ in me. And so I am able to have that relationship with Christ because I, he is with me and lives in me. So Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so, yeah. And I know I want to get to Eric because you, you raised your hand about ten times, I think. And I just keep... Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Eric, go. Um, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. Yes. So, he's the light. The world is a sinful place. He's bringing the truth and the light in a sinful world. So, this is a new concept, a new way to do life and to see sin for what it is. And it gives us that perspective that we never would have had before. And I think the thing that brings the real power to this is one of the sentences that Jeff said in the sermon on Sunday, and it kind of rounds it out. And I wrote it down, and I thought it was fantastic. Truth is not afraid of our questions. So when Tom asks us questions, our questions are the way to the truth. Yeah. Right. Jason? Um... Just something in here. The 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 why? So why? What what do we get with the spirit? 
You get relationship with Christ. Right. Right. That, yeah. What, what, uh-huh. is, what does that get us? Everything. Well, 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 it does get us everything. Yes. Yeah. But what is he in... in a new perspective. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but all, all that stuff is useless if you're dead. Right? Who cares about who cares about relationship or truth if you're dead? You're physically dead? Dead. No, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Eternally dead. Yes. Well, eternity. Okay, that's what I'm saying. When you're saying dead, I'm trying to get your... Yeah, dead. Like, I don't... No, I don't, yeah, forget the body. Just dead or alive. Are you alive? So in this life? No. In, no. What's the difference? What difference does it make if I am dead? Because it, it's in this life. Well, are not, you speaking of believers or there's not? There's a second death. Right. What do we get in the spirit? We get life. Right? Yes. 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 We get life. We get life. Forever. Yes, we get life forever. Right yeah. now, right here, this moment, and forever. And forever. Right. The body is just that. Right? And that's the thing that is, to me, the thing I always am like, it's, you know, we get to be alive. Ah. We inherit Christ's righteousness by the Spirit sealing our spirit. Because, as it says in Revelations, no unclean thing can enter the kingdom of God. I'll take that. I'll take that, too. But what you were just saying, and that's awesome, that's like, but what you were saying is we get to be alive. Right. Yes. And that's a, this is a message, what he just said, that message is throughout the Gospel of John. I don't know if you guys keep picking it up. Life, 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 life. And him is life. Without him, there's nothing. Yeah, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we have a dog bite going out there. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like non-believers right now are basically dead. That's if, yes. yes. So that would be a way. Of, that exactly is a way to think about it. If you don't have that life in Christ, then you don't have real life, and you would say that that's yes, it's that. What's What's also crazy is, and and Paul references this when he's speaking to. Is, did you not receive the Spirit? And I can't remember which, which church that was. Was that in Galatians? Yeah, Galatians. The baptism yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Right. right. And yeah. and so you can have you can read and say, oh, that's cool. I yeah, you know that sounds like a deal. I I dig that. And but still not have made that as as uh, Eric was saying. That there it comes with a or you, there's something that comes with that. There's a responsibility. There's something an action that we have to take. Right? It says right in Genesis, very beginning, we, no, no, no one's going to get back in until they reach out their arm and eat from the tree of life. Which we have to do that. So, yes. Did somebody talk about what eternal life means after death? Life after life after death? <laughs> what does it mean? What is eternal? So, first of all, in eternal real, life. Yeah. So ordinary term. What does it mean? So, first of all, when Jesus talks about eternal life, it's like it's talking about now. He's not talking about well, just Jesus when you die. About after you die, you have eternal life. Right. No, I'm talking about now. It's the, it's the, this is like so again, like with John. You said something when the body dies, no, you have eternal life. So, uh, can I use a real life example to demonstrate yeah, this? That, that okay. So, so when so when John was is literally. His body was just like deteriorating, right? And um, but we kept 
Chevy Charger John? John? Johnny, John Eagle. All right. So the, the flesh was, was failing. But I'm not kidding. His spirit just was like... And Taffy and I were both like... He sees him. He's, because he's, he's just talking to Jesus. And he wasn't delirious. Right? He'd just be... He was just like... Are you talking about like right before he passes? Uh, like, 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 like... Weeks before? Like, a, like, within like a year and a half before it started oh, okay. to get more and more right. and more and more. But then within like the last couple of months, it was just like off the Richter. The guy was just... He was just there. He was present. So, I mean... He'd be sitting in bed just, just having conversations with Christ, like he was, like, in the kingdom, right? And when, and it was so apparent to both of us, it was so simple, it was like, he just, he just, we just sat him up, and he just, it was like he just went from standing here to standing there, right? He was like, the veil was so thin. And he knew completely, he was living in eternal reality, while he is, he was still alive and in this world with us in his body. He was completely clear with that. And he knew it. And when he passed, he just, just, the veil just was like, 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 microscopic and it just went, whoosh, and there he was. Right over. So, that's what we're talking about. Now, I guess I misunderstood because what I thought you said the body passed and you still had eternal life. I was wondering what that meant. Right. Your heart, like, you're still, your body's still. Right, right. That's what you get when you receive the Spirit. The right? earnest of our inheritance. Right. So, it, an earnest is like, and that's like I said, Ephesians chapter one. The, an earnest is like when I put a down payment on a house. I have to put a down payment to show the bank, hey, I'm willing to pay the mortgage. The, it says, the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the glory. So. God seals you with that Holy Spirit to say, hey, I'm serious about this. It's the earnest of our inheritance. I'm serious about your salvation. So that's kind of like what you're saying. You're, the Spirit indwells with you. The second the Spirit's with you, you have eternal life. Your flesh will die because the wages of sin is death, but your spirit will live on forever. The second, once you make that transition and the Spirit's in you, it's a done deal. Yeah, I mean, Paul says, I will be with Christ. Yes. Yeah. Instantly. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not... Let's not also forget about bodily resurrection being promised to us. Yes, yes, that's right. Because uh, Christ was raised bodily, right? And his body was very much more capable than his, his previous body. Yeah, he was the first fruits. He, he yeah, says, he the "When the, the first, the, the first that are going to rise are the dead in Christ." Yeah, right. So, so, so it's yeah, so it's not all. It's, there will yeah, be and I think that's that, that's what I'm waiting. My thing I'm waiting to find out when I die. Is you're gonna be ripped. <laughs> if I have hair on my head like you, I will be happy. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you can worry about your hair with your hair. <laughs> you it, it will yeah. be yeah. flowing and But I think I one. I think now. one of the debates is because we use a language here. It's a Greek idea. It is not a Christian idea that the spirit and the body and soul are separate. That somehow this, it just goes off and just becomes something. Scripture always speaks about it all together as one. Mind, body, soul. I mean, there's no... The Hebrews and have the, always the idea that they never separate. They can speak of a spirit, mind, body, but it's always one. 
Jesus is an example of that. You never, like, it's just a spirit, you know, that's separate from the body. It's like all of a sudden when you see Jesus, he has a resurrected body. I think one of the big questions is, I wonder, <laughs> I don't know, this is just completely conjecture on my part, is like when we die, do we immediately get that resurrected body? I don't know. But it's just weird because the scripture always talks about Well, you're in the... I don't know. Well, if we're yeah. participating in eternal reality, right, right now, and we're, we're also at the same time in the flesh, right? So there's that right. linear, linear thing happening. It, right. So... Suddenly, Jesus, some, has, some way, Jesus has his body right now, and he's in heaven. Right. So we step over the line. Yeah. Right. And we're suddenly in eternity. Right. And, and it, 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 scripture's clear about the fact that in that day, the, the, the dead in Christ will right. rise. Right. So it, it, the time I, becomes irrelevant. Right. And so that day will be that day. I think, you know, there's... But you know what's interesting, Pete, about you saying that about the body, though? Can you yeah. can you speak to why that's important, like now in this life? And I think that it really is. Yeah. Okay. So one of the main reasons why it's important is because um, is because Jesus was raised bodily, right? That's one of the main reasons. So it's very important that Jesus. It's like core to our faith. Yeah. Christian faith. It's, very important that Jesus was fully God and fully man, and that he came to the earth bodily, and not just spiritually, and he thought he had a body, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the body, and which also proves that the body is not inherently sinful, right? Because Christ had a body without sin. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the idea but he was that, also conceived. Yeah, but, yeah, so that's that's where I disagree because he. Well, hold on, hold on for a minute. Let me let you talk. Yeah, but the, so, so the, the idea that the body is inherently sinful is a Greek idea. Yeah. So that's why the Greeks were so repulsed by the idea of a bodily resurrection. Like they're like, why would you ever want your body back? Which is Gnosticism right? too. Right? Yeah, which is yeah. Gnosticism, which is which is a heresy, right? Like there's Christian Gnostic heresies. And a lot of heresies revolving around who Christ was based on whether he came bodily or whether or not he was God and all these different things. So, so, um, and, and also when God created man, when he created them, they were good. He created them bodily. Right? And so, so, so there, there are all of these things. There's the sin nature that we inherit. Right, there are also the desires of the flesh as we have them now, which are which are things that are working against us. We talked about the temptations, um, the temptations of the world, but the temptations of the flesh. I hunger, I thirst. I have, you know, these desires that 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 can be fulfilled sinfully, right? Um, so. That that's 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 why it's important that it be bodily. How how exactly God does that? Well, if if we're burned, if our if our bodies are, you know, yeah, we'll come back fantastic. Yeah. But 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 it doesn't matter. The 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 other implication of that is is interesting, right? If you go another level deeper, so with that being said, right, the concept of our body, this it's like. The, the the importance of this vessel that we've been given, right? And it's a temple. It's a temple of the 
Spirit. That's the responsibility that I was so, talking about. So when we, when we really can think of that and how we take care of it, how we tend to it, how we respect it and, the, and others, right? Would, would I ever harm another human being's body if I really understood that it was the temple of the Spirit, right? Or my own, right? And to, to what you were getting to earlier, and I think I'm just getting to this concept, is this, because Moses said, guys, you gotta, you gotta follow the, this is the Ten Commandments, this is before the Spirit. He goes, and it's not hard. I'm not telling you to do something honestly is difficult. It's very simple. You just simply have to do it. Right? Is, and what, what, when I'm speaking with the Spirit, and I'm sinning, and I'm repenting, and I'm having that conversation, and the answer is, I need you, like what God said to Moses, I need, I need to stand on your own. I need you to master what I've given you on this earth. Your flesh must be mastered. Right? So we're here in this time that is also eternity, and we're given this small window. Adam had like 900 years, right? Those guys all had like a really long time. We've been given a very short window. Right? And it's and it's like we can do that. Yeah. And we're called to do that. And the reason we've been given this body is to do that. Amen. Through, through the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit. The only way. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So so question yeah, right. Oh I'm sorry. I gotta go again. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Good seeing you, right? See you Ray. Um so if I was to ask you guys what is the definition of sin? How do you answer that? Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's other guy. Yeah, I know you were going. To, well, no. Let me just. What is? How would you define what sin is? Falling away from Christ. What? Falling away from Christ. That's interesting. Falling, Any, okay. Anything contrary to the will of God. Okay. I think separation is missing the mark. That's yeah. That's the Greek meaning of the technical term. Like term. Going against the Ten Commandments. Or? Okay. All right. Unrighteousness. Okay. Separation from God. Yeah. Going against God's word. Yeah. Disobedience to God. Yeah. Okay. All right. What does Jesus say in this passage is the definition of sin? In which you have. He re. I'm in a sense. Jesus is going to him. In a sense, Jesus is redefining sin. It's not about you follow the law or not anymore. It's about one thing. Sin is whether you believe in him or whether you don't. And that's what I mean by not by falling away. Very good. Because they do not believe in me. That's right. So so that today in Christ, I mean with Christ, you know, the cross, the real issue about sin is believing in him. That's the definition. Do you believe in him? Yes. Or do you not believe him? That's sin. Um, and all sin yeah. would follow though, if you did not believe. If you did not believe, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you fall into a kind of a slide. Right, right. How rad is that? That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I just... I know, isn't that... It's sort of a redefinition. Yeah, Eric. 
it is difficult to resist evil because making the right choice often calls for personal sacrifices we are unwilling to make. Yeah. Nevertheless, always make the right choice. So that's where I brought up our the gift of life comes with a responsibility. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps to see, helps us see the sin in our life so that we can fight it and subdue it and be more totally in line with His will for us. Is it, is it more than, it's just dying. Yeah. <laughs> just dying. Yeah. And yeah. me Our dying souls. is, right. sometimes in the middle of the night, it's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> Whatever it is, I just, sorry, I, and it's like, I'm even thwarting God. You made all, and I'm thwarting you. Whatever's going through my mind, whatever it is, I don't want to die. And it, even at that moment, it's that practice of, of, and, there are times what you just said, mm-hmm. and it never dawned on me that, that that's what it does say. Mm-hmm. Sin is not believing in Him. It's it, Jesus redefines sin. Is what He's doing. Because before Jesus, the definition of sin for the Jews was, "Am I following the law or not?" And now it is, "Do I believe in Jesus or not?" The Holy Spirit helps us see what we need to let go of. Okay, so if you can dice, and you did dice, dice, that's it? Decipher. <laughs> that one. Can you decipher the other two? Because I can't. So, there's a lot. If yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't feel so too bad good. there, Tom, because a lot of people have tried to struggle with those other two. So, really? the be- yeah. Well, because, so, let me, I'll give you the, I'll give you one, one take on that. So, what does it mean by righteousness? If the righteousness is now defined by the fact that he is going to the Father, Okay, so everything that is supposed to be fulfilled is going to happen now with Christ going to be at the right hand of God. He is now, he is now going to be with the Father. And then the last so you're one. you're saying righteousness do, is under control or it's coming because, because he's, he's in control. Now, he's on the throne. With, you just got it. He's now where he's supposed to be. Finally, he's now where he's supposed to be. But we know that on, in the world, righteousness has not appeared since he returned. Well, from. and that's what judgment's about. Well, yeah. but but hold on, right? This is what's so fascinating about these 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 three things. If if we all grasp these things, we'd all we'd be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we all nice generality, but you interrupted us. You're going to get to the point on number two. Sure thing. Okay. So, so first of all, he just says concerning sin. We got that. We one. got that one. I get it. But do you? There's only one thing. There's only one thing that's sin, right? So he's talking about righteousness. There's only one thing that's righteous. So anything that you and I do that might be cool is relevant because there's only one thing that's righteous, and that is him being crucified. Because no, there's only one right. Righteousness is now defined as this. As what? As Jesus, as Christ going to the Father, yeah. and we will no longer see Him. Yeah. That's, That's the definition of righteousness. Yes. That doesn't make sense. It does. Because joined with the Father. If we yeah. throw, yeah. if you're instantly humble, okay, we don't get to create righteousness. Anything we do is 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 sub, subservient to that. That is righteousness. Okay. So Jesus all, on His throne is righteousness. No, Jesus, yeah. Yes. That's, Jesus going to the Father. 
That's the ultimate. Yes. Ultimately, that's the righteousness. Is it he is now where he's supposed to be. That's the epitome of righteousness. But yes. does, how does that reflect on us? Because you should, the effect of that should be instant humility. Which, which well, I'm going to go, it's, it's life. It's life. Yeah, righteousness life. is life. Righteousness is, is actually, the definition right. actually N.T. Wright does as well. Righteousness is in right relationship with. Mm. Okay? Mm. So you're in, he is now in the right relationship, Christ is now in the right relationship where he's supposed to be with the Father. Which now puts us within a right relationship with Him. There's there, there's, there's a polarization of, of things that Christ does, which is belief, non-belief, sin, righteousness, life, mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what else is black, there? white, Keep, you know, like <laughs> right. narrow path, broad way. Mm-hmm. You know, wise, foolish. There's there's this this dividing of of people. Was the the dividing, the great divide, that used to be a saying, like, we used to say the great divide, mm-hmm. and now we don't, but it's like the sheep and the goat. There will be a division, sin and righteousness, and the judgment is his, right? Judge All judgment has been given to Christ over sin and righteousness. So, ju- so judgment, it's sin, righteousness, judgment. The judgment between the two. Who's going to judge about sin and righteousness? We can't necessarily do that. God mm-hmm. will, God. and mm-hmm. God will do that perfectly. We mm-hmm. have an imperfect justice system because we have imper- imperfect knowledge, imperfect motivations, all these things. But one day, there will be a judgment of sin and righteousness. I think. Do you think it means that that there's there's judgment then or judgment to come? Because there's there's speaking of in that day, right? In that day. Well, and here mm-hmm. when he's talking about so. Going to the third one. So, yeah, and I would, just the last one, which is we have to remember. So it goes even to your saying, Eric. We can we often place evil at too high of an authority and too high of a power. This puts us evil in its right place, which is the ruler of this world is judged, judged. done, boom. Okay, I mean, it's right. Is What's interesting is always is it's it's it is has yeah has been will be has you just got it yeah that's what's interesting is present past yeah it's done it's finished but people choose to follow him instead yeah and we put evil and give it all this power and we talk about like it's good versus evil no it's not no God has already defeated evil yeah he did it on the cross okay yes Satan this is still the present evil age Satan. We still have the powers and principalities. No evil is rampant in the world, but it's defeated. It's nothing. Amen. And we are the ones that have that power of the presence of Christ in us. Can you say it's the Holy Spirit is what helps us see sin? Oh, absolutely. Because the Holy Spirit is Christ (laughs) living in us. When he lives in us and we're believing in him, we're not in sin. Uh, we're in that state of abiding. We're in a sinful world and we're sinful. The conviction of the Holy Spirit leads some to repentance, right? If you believe you repent, it's because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit right. on to your sin. But if you reject, you can reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit, right. and then that, that yields judgment. But in both cases, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction. Always. Until you blaspheme the Holy Spirit and you can no longer hear from God. The Holy Spirit will judge the world's <coughs> sin 
of unbelief on the basis of his righteousness. You're putting those two together. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I want to close off. Yes. Yes. You last. This boy is crazy question. But does the spirit reside in unborn believers? No. No. When does it enter? In fact, when they become believers. Yes. Okay. So, and Paul talks about that in one place in Galatians. I mean, this gets to some of the things you just said too. It's like you believe, and you just said the 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 let's say the polarities. It is an either or. It's like if you don't believe in Christ, you do not have the Spirit in you. Death. Okay, in essence. Okay? You believe in Christ, the Spirit is now living in you. Alright? You have life. You have eternal life. It's, it's literally a boom, dividing line. There's not, I sort of have the Spirit, I sort of don't. I'm sort of dead. <laughs> I'm sort of not. Um, but yes, so when someone puts their faith in Christ, the spirits in there. It takes belief in Christ to bring the spirit of Christ in you. But the spirit does, and it talks about here, the spirit does convict people of their sin and helps people to come to that faith in Christ. So the spirit can be with, with them, like, yeah. like alongside them. That's the helper. Kind of push, pushing them okay. externally. So but the internal reality is so only yeah. Ready to be accepted. Yeah. Okay. Like pursuing that, or you know, they, we got the spirit. Right. The hound, the hound is The spirit is. Yeah. Always ready to All right. So let me just. I want to just sort of wrap up, and um, and then I want to pray because I I want to. I have a prayer request for us to pray for. So I'll let Tom close with two verses. Yeah, one of the verses is what we read, and then one is from John chapter 3, verse 21. So I, I think, hope you guys also feel that they blend pretty interesting. They challenge. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. And I was looking at that, guide you into all the truth, and I was thinking, think of truth as like a big building, it's a library. And the Holy Spirit is guiding you into this treasure chest of knowledge and wisdom. It's, it's guiding you into the truth. It's like into this amazing. And then in 21 of chapter 3, But he that doeth truth, so maybe we can talk about that. You're doing truth as human. He that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Um, so, prayer requests. You want to? You want to just um, share? Uh, going to provide yeah. a rod tomorrow. You want to pray for him? I've had a, a situation going for about two and a half months. So. I sat back, low back, um, static nerve, and uh, my MRI is showing uh, arthritis wrapped around my spine. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to an orthopedic surgeon and see what kind of treatment I can get. So, I, um, so the prior like tomorrow they'll find out what's, he'll start a journey of finding out what's going to take to heal him. Which is and I'm hoping it's simple. <laughs> I don't want to get surgery. 
I don't know if there's any holistic or whatever that would work, but yeah. I feel like I'm, on, I'm going up a rabbit trail, yeah. you know, and, but I'm having, I've had a lot of pain with this, uh, it's just totally, um, you know, sucked me dry, and um, I actually overdid on the pain mess today, so I've just kind of, I feel like I'm bouncing in here tonight a little bit. You're doing good. <laughs> um, um, can you, someone take him home again? Okay. Can you? Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, let me close. Father, we just thank you for just um, this very, very, very lively discussion um, in the Spirit, because your Spirit resides in us, Lord. And we thank you for your very presence, the presence of God. That is everything to us, Lord. Everything to us that you live in us, you live with us, you empower us. And I pray for each one of us today, Lord, as we walk out this door in the Spirit, that you keep us abiding in you, mm. abiding in that Spirit, Lord. Because as Jesus just said very directly, if we stay abiding and believing in you, we will not sin. Thank you for the relationship we have with the living God. And we pray for Rod. We pray that tomorrow, Lord, you will lead those doctors and those medical professionals to see and know and find what is going on with him. We do pray for it to be simple. A quick, quick fix would be great, Lord. You are a God of quick fixes, so I just pray that you would be healing Rod even right now before he goes tomorrow to that doctor. Um, we are looking forward to good news with that. Uh, just continue to pray for Taffy as she both celebrates the life of John but also mourns his loss, Lord. Um, and just thank you for being our Christ, our Lord, our High Priest. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.